It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 56 degrees outside, considerably cooler than it was last Saturday and the Saturday before that when the Saturday morning temperatures were in the 70s. Now things will cool off. Soil temperatures, of course, will cool off pretty drastically as the nighttime temperatures go into the 50s and the 40s. If you have outdoor plants that you need to bring in for the for the wintertime not yet. You don't have to do it yet. But when the nighttime temperatures come to the mid-40s, then it's time to bring the Christmas cactus and the amaryllis and the Meyer lemon trees indoors so they don't get frozen or don't get set back too much by cold temperatures outside. And if you have a question about your outdoor plants or anything else, you can call me, 404-872-0750. First in line, Victor's out in Duluth with a question about his uh, gladiolas. Hey, Victor, good morning. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. How can I help? I'd like to know the best time to plant my gladiola bulbs. Uh, May. May of next year. May, okay. Yeah, Thank you very much, sir. Gladiolas are a summer flowering bulb, and you could, I suppose, plant them now, Victor, but you'll lose eh, 25, 30, 40, maybe percent of the bulbs because they'll get frozen, cold. Animals eat them in the soil. There's just lots of things that can go wrong between now and May. So if you have gladiolus bulbs, keep them in a really cool place, dry place for the wintertime. But the best time to plant is when the soil is nice and warm in May of next year. Okay. So and and you, you know too, Victor, how tall they get. So plan ahead. Think of what am I going to plant the gladiolus bulb next to so they don't flop over and fall the flowers over into the dirt. So bamboo stakes, people put bamboo stakes next to the bulbs or they'll put them next to a little fence so that the gladiola stem can climb up the fence and not flip over. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, hey, sir. Victor, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. we got DJ, DJ Indicator. Hey, DJ, good morning. Good morning, sir. I have a, a house that faces east and planted shrubbery uh, in 1985. Yeah. And... The southern end of the house, the shrubbery on the the shrubbery on the southern end seems to be dying away, hmm. and don't know why. But I was just wondering, what should I replace it with? Uh, I think hmm. there it's holly. I think there are hollies there, Japanese hollies. Yeah, it could be. And what's the best thing to replace it with? Let's figure out why they declined in the first place. I don't want to repeat the mistake, DJ. Um, it, so you think years. it was Japanese hollies, right? That's what you think you have there now. Yes, sir. They declined. And any, how much sun does the area get? Well, it faces east. It yeah. doesn't get a lot, but it does get sun. Light. Not a lot. Two hours, five hours, what do you think? Oh, yes, I'm sure five. Okay, yes. good. Um, let's see, so would you like something with small leaves that is green and sort of matches the Japanese hollies? I mean, I'm thinking, why not plant Japanese holly again there? If it's... That's I'd like to have an olive bush there. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. I've got one in there. I, I this was planted maybe thirty years ago. No, you do not, DJ. Yes, an olive bush. Yes, I bought it. For, it was thirty, thirty-five years ago when they uh, one nursery over on the south side. Yeah. But um, 
wait, wait, come on, now. let's tell the story a little bit better. So you have an olive bush, you're harvesting olives, you get olives oh, on oh, it? Oh, no, 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 this is a decorative, I think it's decorative. More oh, decorative. What, yeah. kind of, what kind of bush is it? Uh, there's uh, some place well, called Autumn Olive, the... Um, Oh, no, it doesn't doesn't pro- doesn't produce any uh, fruit. What when I bought be? it, the the, um, the nursery said it was an olive bush. They had a label yeah. on it. It said olive bush. Yeah, well, like I say, there the plant's called autumn olive. And it's green the... and it's green. It stays green, uh, but no olives. But he said it was an olive bush. Maybe it was just decorative. I you know, for fun, if you want to find out exactly what it is, because I want to find out myself, frankly, oh, DJ. Oh, okay. uh, if you want to take some pictures of the. You know, the bush from back two or three or four feet, and then maybe a picture of some of the leaves in focus so I can see the leaves pretty clearly. On my website at walterreeves.com, there's a little button that says Name That Plant, and you can submit pictures of plants you don't know what they are. Okay. With a little bit of detail about, oh, it's growing beside the house, and it's, you know, six feet tall, five feet tall, whatever. And let me take a stab at identifying what it is. I would be curious as to what it what it is there. Okay. Well, I could take some cuttings and drop it off at one of your nah, pipe. No, that's, that's too complicated. Just take pictures. That's easy. Okay. And, La- and lazy way to do it. And the link to your website would be? Yeah, it's WalterReeves.com. Okay. All right. Take my name.com and hit the button that says Name That Plant. The instructions are pretty clear on how to upload the pictures. And then as far as going back to replacing what you got there now, the Japanese holly, unless it is really soggy, there's a drain pipe that's draining in there and gets soggy all the time, no, I'm. You know, Pike has a lot of Japanese hives. They'd be happy to sell you <laughs> this okay. weekend. So, okay. frankly, well, if they're declining, fine. if you can't think of anything other than age and neglect and poor pruning practices and things like that, to right. you know, fix, get some more Japanese hives, put them in there. I think it's a good idea. What about Indian hawthorns? You like? Yeah, that? it'd work too. Sure, 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 sure. Indian hawthorn with a, a female name, Clara and Emily, and ooh, two or three more that all have female names. You get different sizes, different color flowers, but they're resistant to the hawthorn leaf spot disease. It can really knock out a one of the older, non-female hawthorns. All right. I appreciate it. I'll do that to Olive Bush yeah. identification for you. Yeah, I want to see what it is, DJ. Thanks for, thanks for making the effort for me. Thanks, sir. I'll see you, man. we got Ted out in Athens in Clark County, the smallest county in Georgia. Hey, Ted, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, man. Appreciate it. What you got? Um. Well, look, we have a driveway that slopes from the street down to the side of the house. And beneath that, it's just all, you know, the yard is all turning into like kind of like the Georgia red clay and rock. Uh, and things yeah. like that. It's just erosion. And yeah. we've done everything to try to grow grass down there. And it just does not take and it just keeps washing away and everything else. I was wondering if there's something we should plant maybe along the driveway to help stop the erosion and things like that from happening. Mm. I mentioned to somebody earlier this morning about monkey grass, and I have monkey grass alongside the paths and a little bit on the driveway at my house, and it stops the erosion moderately well. It, I guess, depends on what volume of water is coming down the driveway. Is there well, any thought in your head, maybe, Ted, to making a drainage system, to burying a drain there and four-inch pipe to direct the water underground to some other low place in the backyard or something? Yeah, it kind of curves the right behind the house and so it in, into the yard and so uh you know if we did that it would just put it into a different part of the yard yeah. so we were thinking we probably need to plant something to help stop from all that uh erosion occurring yeah so. another thought you might have might uh, think about for a minute is even if you move the water to another part of your landscape 
in the other maybe less visible part of the landscape you can do something called a rain garden which is a, an area that's planted with water tolerant plants and you dig it in such a way and fill it back up with such a way that the water seeps into the soil pretty quickly there and yeah, I've heard nice. you talk about this so yeah. you know if you i've got a whole bunch of publications and directions and plant lists and things like that on my website just type rain garden in and it'll tell you all the things to do how to get started we've got a nice university of georgia publication on doing rain gardens so again the drain to get it away from the driveway not relying on plants so much to solve the erosion problem but just get the water from one place to another and then make it pretty where the water finally ends up and try monkey grass too. monkey grass would be Boy, that's about the only thing I can think of that really have a chance against much water coming down the driveway. Good deal. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, Ted, thanks for calling. We'll see you soon. See ya. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Ted's place. I bet Edward would have a chance to get his question in here. Edward, hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help? Hey, uh, I don't know what they are, but I, I run across some some flowers in the spring and uh they have big pink flower and then on the bottom they have these little purple flowers that come out yeah and uh i'm just wondering i'm headed to lowe's and do you reckon i mean do they have a light what light would you recommend to try to keep these things alive over the winter oh now let me think are these normally going to be for being house plants that you bought or are these normally outdoor plants that you're trying to bring in for the winter outdoor plants i'm bringing in for the winter a lot of light. <laughs> then, if an outdoor plant, boy, it really like a lot of light. So you don't necessarily have to spend $30 on a grow light system from a hardware store. You can get okay. the two or four foot two tube shop lights. You know, shop lights work fine. But instead of using cool white bulbs there, use one cool and one warm white. Warm white will cost okay. a little bit more for the bulb for the fixture. But the mixture of warm white and cool white light gives you more of a spectrum that plants like to be under. And the shop light needs to be hung, boy, Edward, within four or five inches of the top of your plant. Don't hang it, you know, two or three feet above your plant. Oh, I've got a room full of these things. Huh? Say again? Oh, I've got a room full, yes. Okay, good. I mean, it's not just one. I've got probably... 12 yeah so and they're 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 humongous now so yeah but i can go get three or four shop lots yeah they're cheap and easy and get some bulbs and put them in there but just make sure the shop light is close to the plant because that's where the most intensity of the light is and the ones from outdoors that's what they want lots of good strong light okay well, that just solved my problem, and I thank you so much. I uh, got you to spend more money, too, Edward, so don't thank me a lot. <laughs> uh, thank you for calling, Edward. We'll see you soon. All righty. Have- see you. 717 News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle. Yeah, you're stuck with the Lawn and Garden Show this Saturday morning. Quick up weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. 
Today, the high of 74 degrees, low of 56 overnight. Sunny skies throughout the day. Tonight is going to be clear, partly cloudy, perhaps just a little bit. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies on Sunday. High of 78 and a low of 61. Very nice, pleasant temperatures this weekend. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sam is out in Auburn, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. How are you doing? Hey, Sam, doing great. What's up? Uh, I have moles, <laughs> and I want to know how to get rid of. Uh, take that word, take those two words, get rid of, and get rid of them in your vocabulary. You will not get rid of moles. You'll simply make your yard, your landscape, less inviting for them. And then, Sam, if there's somebody else's yard, you don't really care anymore <laughs> whether they got moles. It's not, their pro- it's not your problem anymore. It's theirs. So I know that you can buy traps, you can buy poison worms, you can buy all sorts of vibrating windmills and things like that. None of them were worth a darn, Sam. And if there was something magical, I would tell you, but there's not. But the best thing you can do to make a mole go away is simply go out there and smash down his tunnel. Just go walk down the tunnel with your tennis shoes and mash the tunnel down so that the mole says, you know, I am tired of all this work. I'm going somewhere else to get my earthworms and my grubs to eat. And after yeah. mashing down the tunnels for three or four days, the moles are all gone. They just go somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Now, you, you uh, talk to your neighbors, and one of them is going to say for sure, well, Sam, all you have to do is put the grub control poison out there, control poison the grubs, and the moles will go away that way. It sounds tempting on the face of it, but they don't only eat grubs. Moles also eat earthworms and springtails and a lot of other creatures that live in the soil. And so now if you kill the grubs, all you have is a really hungry mole out digging through the lawn, digging through the earth, trying to find something else to eat. So the killing of the grubs is not a real winning strategy either. The best thing to do is just make them mad and make them move. All right. And I also have a second question. Talk to me. Uh, yeah, what you got? Uh, I got, uh, in my flower bed, I got uh, a teacup, a tea rose. Yeah. And some gladolias in front of them. And I want to move the tea rose to the front of the gladolias to the back. All right. When, when's a good time to do You know, the glads... The the leaves on them are sort of turning yellowish brown right now, aren't they? Are getting uh, getting close to that. I would say when the glad foliage starts turning sort of yellowish brown, keep your eye on them. It'll be in the next two or three weeks probably. That's the perfect time to move them because then you can find them. Number one, if you wait until January to try to move the gladiolus, you can't find the darn things because all the leaves are blown away and the bulbs are under the ground. Where did I? Oh, they're right over here, I think. You know, you dig in there. Well, and you, I, I know where they're at. That's the, that's the thing. I know where they're at. All right. Just, <laughs> so the the <laughs> best time is, is when the foliage is fading. So just wait till the end of November or sometime in there. It's fine to move the glass right. and the rose. Same thing. Do the same day. Dig everything up. Uh, re-loosen the soil. Add some soil conditioner. Make sure the soil is nice and soft and smooth. And plant your roses in front and the glass in the back and call it a day. All right. That sounds like I appreciate it. All right, Sam. Make Auburn a prettier place because of you. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you soon, man. Have a good one. That's all we can do sometimes. Try. Try just a little bit more. Try a little bit interesting, more experiments with plants. Of course, I love planting new plants. I was asked 
Uh, it was yesterday or the day before somebody said, you must have a pretty landscape in your yard. And I thought, no, I don't, because I plant more plants than you can shake a stick at. I was over at Pike, as a matter of fact, yesterday, and had seen they had on sale some um, heucheras. I love heuchera. Alaroos is the name for it. They have lots of different colors of the leaves. And I looked at them, and I looked at them, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to buy you. And so I went and bought one called Obsidian. The leaves are almost jet black. It's just a great-looking plant, the heuchera plant, Obsidian. And another one, I forgot the name now, it's sort of a reddish-orange, another pretty color. Bought some Snapdragons. Got to, got to plant those this afternoon. So I like planting plants. I like play with plants. Not so much planting my landscape for me. 404-872-0750 is my number. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It is 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 56 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to be your friend in the garden. If you have a garden question, something dead, something living, something you want to make more of, give me a call, 404-872-0750. We've got people in line, lots of people with questions about pawpaw trees and Swiss chard and things like that. Let's go to, to Sin in North Carolina first and talk about pawpaws for a minute. Hey, Sin, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? Um, well, I wanted to call you because it's just a point of fun that <laughs> our pawpaw trees, after 30 years, they started blooming three years ago. Awesome. We're at 3,900 feet. Then this year we had two pawpaws. Good gracious. And we actually Look at you. ate one last weekend. And I wanted you to know that because that's like global warming, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. And we wondered what pollinates them, if you happen to know. <laughs> And maybe we didn't have the pollinators. I did a little hand pollinating, which yeah. may be why I got a couple of yeah, them. Yeah, could be. But I, I doubt we have the pollinator here because we're a 1,000 feet higher than their normal range. And I wanted to ask you about people putting in clover instead of grass. Yeah. Um, the University of Maryland has developed a micro-clover that gets no more than four inches tall now. And I was wondering what you had to say about that. And... I think that last guy that called about olives was talking about a Russian olive. That's okay. what I think, That's too. That's what I had to say. That's what I think. <laughs> my, my former, going back to the pawpaws, my former call screener, Teresa Strom, who's been in Montana now for many years, but she, whenever we were asked about pawpaws, would recount her method of pollinating pawpaws, which was to hang a chicken neck in her tree. She said uh -huh. in the spring when the flowers first come out, she would go to the grocery store and buy an old chicken neck and hang it on a string in her tree, which would attract flies. And flies are the pollinators for pawpaws. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we're going to try that next year. That sounds great. You don't tell your neighbors to, I told you to do that. But oh, my neighbors don't said, care at all. Worked like a charm for <laughs> her. So go to, the, go to the grocery store and get you some pollinator bait and put it in the pawpaw tree there. That's fantastic. Yeah. I had no idea. The, as far as microclovers go, yeah, in some environments they work pretty well. They might in Scaly Mountain up in uh, North Carolina, they might work no, I better there. I, I, um, I do native plants up here, I don't, yeah. but I have a lot of clients who 
always want to have some sod, yeah. and I'd love to figure out a way to replace this grass situation with clover. It's an experiment basically to see how hot it gets and whether the heat is enough to cause it to run back into dormancy in the summertime. You just have to find yeah. out. Just experiment with it. Get a pack of microclover seeds and put them out one summer in a you know, uh, not so visible on. place. See what happens. Um, I've lost you. I say, let goodbye, me, Walter. Goodbye. All right. Bye. <laughs> Somehow her phone went away. But basically, microclover is not great where it's really hot. And that's what I wanted to summarize this in there. You don't want to put a microclover where it gets real hot. There are various other clovers that are common in Georgia, like crimson clover, white clover, things like that. They all just about go dormant in the summertime because it just gets, gets too hot for them. Uh, Scott is in Decula and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Scott. Morning. How are you? Hey, How are you today? Right. What's going on? Well, I'm, I'm trying to do a fall garden and uh, trying to do Swiss chard beets and things like that. Yeah. And I can get these things to germinate, but they just don't do anything after that. They they might come up an inch and they kind of bleh, go out, and, and I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm fertilizing with... Uh, uh, cottonseed meal or, or uh, alfalfa meal, things like that. Sure. Uh, but I, I just don't have any luck with them. You mean they're just like yeah. like just not growing, or they get eaten by something, or what really happens no, to they them? No, don't, they don't appear to be eaten by anything. I've got uh, I've got them coming up to maybe maybe past the cotyledons, yeah. uh, and then and then they just kind of wilt and melt away. Hmm. Got any suggestions? How, how moist is the soil stays? Is there any possibility to get some root rot or something? The soil staying too moist for them, perhaps? Well, we've, we've tried to put a timed irrigation on this yeah. uh, to, so that we don't uh, do it too moist. Uh, we also have carrots in that area, so we don't want the soil to crust over. No, right. So so we are we are... You know, not misting, but irrigating maybe a little bit, you know, a little bit too much. Is that yeah. maybe a problem that, for those things? That, to me, would fit the symptoms that you have, that if the soil stays moist around the root system of a young developing plant, no matter what it is, Swiss chard or anything else, then that's the time when the roots are most likely to get various soil and root rots, which are all associated with moisture in the soil, excess moisture in the soil. So one solution might be consider planting some, uh, or not planting, but mixing some sand, in, real gritty sand in the top four inches maybe of the uh, beds and see if you can get the germination to happen and not get so wet that the seedlings flop over. That's because yeah. you're fertilizing right. You're doing everything else right, Scott. You got the fertilizer in there good and you're planting at the right time. So everything's so far so good. But something about moisture seems like that's going to be your your weakness. Well, this is a, a bed that's been mixed with peat. Uh, again, we're trying to get carrots to get to give additional root. Yeah. Uh, you know, not get hit by anything. And, yeah. and, uh, and peat, but I've, peat holds moisture, so um, you haven't told me anything that makes my theory not correct. I still think moisture in the peat would be would exacerbate moisture holding in the soil. Okay. Well, we'll try that. I, I appreciate your help so much, and I, I want to tell you that a few years ago I met you at a Columbus, Ohio airport. Good Lord. We talked about we talked about a podcast, huh. and 
and you told me you weren't doing them at the time, and I, I was in the podcast, and now you've got it, and I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Good luck with it. All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good to see you, Scott. Thanks for calling. The podcast I think Scott's referring to is the Lawn and Garden Show. It is now available to download whenever you want to during the week. Go to uh, wsbradio.com. Just type in Reeves or podcast, one or the other. Uh, also, every two weeks, of course, you have the email newsletter that we put out. And that is free, of course. But at the top of every newsletter has a link to the podcast for the previous week. So if you want to listen to the Lawn and Garden Show and you're tired of getting up on Saturday mornings early... Go to wsbradio.com and look at the listen to the podcast there. Download it to your iPhone or listen to it at home on your smart uh, smart speaker. And you can listen to what I'm saying on a Saturday. Brother Jack, brother Jack and Marietta joins us. Hey Jack, what's going on? Let me let me turn my speakerphone off. Yeah, turn that speakerphone off. We don't want to talk to you. We want to talk to me. Hey. Uh, let's see what's going on. This is Jack. You know me, the right. tennis player with the really good-looking wife. <laughs> Jack, every time I see your name, I think, boy, I hope we're still married to that good-looking wife. She was a uh, cutie. Th- yes, yesterday was 44 years. Unbelievable. Wow. So anyway, can you hear me now? I hear you great, Jack. Uh, my son lives down the street from me on right on the National Park with a, two or three acres of land, and he told me yesterday that he's getting ready to buy this contraption for about 500 something dollars that you put in your backyard and it sends out all these signals and it gets rid of all the mosquitoes in his yard forever. Yeah. And I'm skeptical and I heard you talking about moles and stuff, all, you know, and other different <laughs> products that don't work. What's your opinion? Does it work or is it worth the money or? Well, what he, what he didn't tell you is that contraption also gets better Wi-Fi and free cell phone service. And, you know, he listens into the airport and the police scanners and all sorts of things like that. The bugs don't give a rip about it. The bug is completely ineffective for controlling insects. But all these free electronic signals he gets through the air. Now that's why he bought it, Jack. Yeah. Well, I thought you <laughs> said that before, but I couldn't. I, I didn't know about mosquitoes. I know that I've got, you know. It just don't work, right? It don't work. That, yeah, that summarizes it very well, Jack. It don't yeah. work. Yeah, I think you've uh, said that. Uh, uh, you've been most helpful, but I really need to turn him in. I need to do the right thing. If he's stealing my Wi-Fi signal, I want him in jail and stop that right now. No, it's even worse than that. He has created, he went to the county, I ain't tell you what county, not Cobb not County, uh-huh. and he has created a Christmas tree farm on his property. He went out and bought a dozen Christmas trees, yeah. and it cut his property taxes in half. Mm. You imagine that? His last name is Trump. Is that what's going on here? He cut his taxes in half. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So he's got about a dozen Christmas trees out there. Little, he got the trees free. They're little seedlings. Yeah, sure. And he went up there and submitted it to the county, and he just got his tax bill for this year. And it's exactly, it was like 4000 or something. Now it's 2000 and something. And so he has overalls and a little piece of straw he puts in his teeth and wanders around his Christmas tree farm and thinks about the lower taxes and how his Christmas trees are making him, making him rich. Yeah. So I just thought I would. I need to turn him in because he's, yeah. he's, you know, that makes my my taxes go up higher because he's they got to come up with the money somewhere, right? Yes, exactly right. They can't depend on the they can't depend on the illegal immigrants to give our taxes for us. It's got to be here. Your son is doing all the all the problems out there. But tell him let's get back to his contraption, his gizmo out there, Jack. 
anything that is said that is mechanical or physical to control mosquitoes does not work, just categorically. It emits carbon dioxide and the breath of a cow and various other schemes that I've seen over the years. There's a bucket you put some special concoction in that attracts all the female mosquitoes to lay their eggs in it and they die from that. If it is uh, one of the ultrasonic things, none of those work at all. Do not spend your five hundred dollars on them. I hear you. I hear you clearly. Now I got to convince him. He don't even know what the word contraption is. These younger kids ain't never heard of the word contraption. So. What are we going to do with them, Jack? The education system these days it needs to be improved so the, at least the vocabulary of our children will be better than it is now. Uh, yeah, it's good talking to you, and I'm always out there listening, so I'm, I'm somewhere. Tell, you, tell your wife I said hey and give her a hug, Jack. All right, see you later. All right, man, Bye. we'll see you soon. 404-872-0750 is my number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Sound of the river, you stop and you hold everything. A band is blowing Dixie. Nice dire straits this morning. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today around 74 degrees. Low tonight, 56. Sunny skies throughout the day. Nice and warm this afternoon. A pretty day to work out in the garden. Nights uh, clear, partly cloudy a little bit tonight. Sunday, partly cloudy skies again. A high of 78, low of 61 on Sunday. Your full weekend forecast, because it's been 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jason out in Marietta with a question about crocus this morning. Hey, Jason, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, uh, Jason. wanted to plant some crocus I bought picked up at a major uh, store here not too long ago, but I think it's been a little too warm. I didn't know if this little cold snap is enough or if I should wait, wait another week or two. Yeah, you're a smart guy, Jason. Soil temperatures make a lot of difference in planting bulbs and I know they've been on sale for, gosh, a month, and daffodils and tulips and things like that, crocus as well. But they sure do a lot better. You, they exhaust themselves. In warm soil, bulbs will exhaust themselves trying to grow roots and trying to grow uh, leaves and everything before it cools down. Fortunately, as I pointed out maybe earlier this morning, with the temperatures in the soil or temperatures of the air now in the 60s, the soil temperatures will drop pretty pretty quickly. So I would say now, sure, it'd be fine to plant crocus. You're fine, Jason. Okay, thank you. I wish I could take credit for waiting, but it was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, give credit where credit is due. You did grow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Did. All right, thank you very much for your time. You bet, Jason. Thanks for calling. Got some kids back there going to argue with Daddy about planting his crocuses there. Tom in Atlanta joins us. Hey, Tom, morning. Good. good. How you doing? Good morning. All right, Tom, what's um, going on? Well, thanks to your expert advice, I've got a beautiful zoysia lawn. Super. I have an edger. I keep it nice and trim, and there's a separation. But then I've got mondo grass, which it is also healthy. But I've got zoysia growing up through the mondo grass. E is there any way to get rid of that with a chemical without e killing the mondo grass? There might be some you can play with, but I'm not giving any guarantees. Um, okay. Is it a big enough area that you could experiment in one corner with the, just some ideas and see yeah. how it works? I could put a drop or two here and see what happens. Uh, 
The one that might have a chance is the um, Bermuda grass killer that Bayer makes. And I see it occasionally in hardware stores, not so much in nurseries like Pike, but in hardware stores, it's called Bermuda grass killer. Now, I know you got zoysia grass, but Bermuda grass killer, I believe on the label, says also controls or weakens zoysia, and I believe it is labeled for use on Mondo grass, which is a lily. It's not really a grass, you know. So the Bermuda Killer, made by Bayer, which is now BioAdvanced, that company, look around and see if you can find some of that. Another experiment to try, and this is just sort of directly applying Roundup to the zoysia in between the Mondo grass, if you possibly can. I don't know how close the Mondo grass is growing. No, the Mondo's a nice bed as well. Uh, yeah, so you can't sort of selectively apply the uh, Roundup to the, to the zoysias there either. Man, it's going to be tough, Tom. Yeah, I know, mm. I know. <laughs> well, I'll give the bear a try and see if yeah. that works. One time, I was in not a similar situation particularly, but I had a particular weed called chameleon weed. Chameleon weed or chameleon plant has really attractive pink and green leaves and is the devil to get out of a bed. It got in my daylilies. And I tried various schemes to try to get rid of the chameleon plant without hurting my daylilies, ended up digging up the whole bed, just dug every speck of dirt out of the bed, put it all in a wheelbarrow, pulled every daylily out, carefully examined the roots, put the nice daylilies in one pile, and all the rest of the dirt with the comedian plant roots in it, dumped it out in the woods, and filled it with new soil. So that's the only way I could get the daylilies and the comedian plant separated, and you may find that you may have to dig up the mondo grass, separate the zoysia away from the mondo, and uh, replant the mondo. I may, I may. I've thought about that. Thank you very much. may end up doing that. It's the only thing I can think of that I'm pretty sure would work. Thanks for calling, Tom. 404-872-0750 is my number. At 8 o'clock, I'll talk a little bit about the Allsmere Flower Auction, the biggest one in the world in Amsterdam. Be all about that. We'll be back after news.